When you lose the ability to dream about a better tomorrow, you just ruined your today because you lose hope. Dr. Tony Evans says hope is more than just a wish. It's a God-given guarantee. You're not a loser. You are more than a conqueror. Because God has a dream of a glorious future for you. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. Today, Dr. Evans digs into the importance of dreaming big, godly dreams about tomorrow and how doing that can absolutely change our lives. Let's join him as he begins. There's nothing like seeing the future and adjusting the present in light of it. Woe is the individual, is the person who doesn't see anything. When you lose the ability to dream about a better tomorrow, you just ruined your today because you lose hope. In Revelation chapter 5, we get to peer into the future. And if your eyes and my eyes can see the glory of the coming of the Lord, then perhaps it will affect a better today while we look forward to and await the awesome tomorrow that God has in store for us. He says in the two verses I want to focus on, and they sang a new song, verse 9 says, saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seal, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe, every tongue and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign upon the earth. Now, God says that this is the glorious tomorrow to which we are headed. We are headed toward a day when the recognition of the rulership of Jesus Christ will be worldwide and where his people will sing his praises and serve alongside of him in the ruling of this planet. This vision of a better tomorrow is supposed to be being mirrored today through his unique group of people, Christians, those who make up the church of Jesus Christ. The first thing he did was announce a celebration. He says, they sang a new song. This is a context of worship, of celebration, of praise, but we're told that it was a new song. In the Bible, the phrase new song referred to a song that was sung after a victory had been achieved. That's what made it new. The song wasn't new necessarily because the melody was different. What made the song new was that God had given his people victory over an enemy so they had something new to sing about. Many of us have sung a new song. We just didn't know it was a new song because we were using old lyrics. A new song comes when your world is falling apart (laughs) and every day looks dark and God breaks through 
and removes the clouds, makes the sun shine again, reverses the situation, and you break out in a song. It's a new song because you've seen a brand new intervention of God into your circumstances. God's dream, if you will, is that Jesus Christ be everything. In fact, let me read to you Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. It reads like this. With a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. He says in verse 10 that God's goal is the summing up of all things in Christ. That's God's dream. If you want to see the coming of the Lord, that's got to be your dream too. That is, your life's dream must be to bring all aspects of my being under the authority of Jesus Christ. Without that dream, you can't see the coming of the Lord because that's God's dream. And he gives us a picture of it happening in heaven. I love the Olympics, whether it's Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics. When the athletes hit whatever sporting event they are a part of, it's really about them, but it's not only about them. In other words, whoever wins the gold, they don't come and say, what's your favorite song? So we can play it. You know the song they play? They play the song of the nation of which they are a part. Why? Because you're not just here for you. You're here representing something bigger. It's not just about you. Now, it includes you because you're the athlete and you're the one doing it. But it's not just about you. We're going to play the song of your country. Why? Because when you win, your nation wins. He says that God's dream is that people from every race, every background, every orientation in terms of nationality are going to be represented around God's throne. What's going to give him their commonality? The blood. He says the one thing that will make them all alike is that they were purchased with the same blood. That's why Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Why? Because the one price tag, the common currency that brings us into a relationship with God is the blood. Where is our problem then? Well, the reason why it's difficult in the world is because the church hasn't got it right yet. Because remember, the church is supposed to mirror the kingdom of heaven. He says, notice the first line of verse 10, you have been made to be a kingdom of priests to our God. And we talk about this kingdom agenda thing, the rule of God. He says, I have made you a kingdom of priests. Now, priests had access to God. That's what a priest did. He ministered to God in worship and in service, and he led the people to minister to God in worship and in service. That's what a priest. The problem today is that the priests are missing. Now, the Bible says every Christian is a priest. That is, every Christian has access to God for the purposes of worship and service. The problem is 
that instead of being priests to God, we're working at being acceptable to man. And if you're not a priest to God because you're trying to please men, then you're not going to hear from heaven. He says there ought to be a kingdom of priests from every tribe, every tongue, and every people. Now, now this is very good because this is a, this is a heavenly view. So, so this is very important. Number one, this means whatever race you are now will be the race you are in heaven. Okay? Because John says, when I looked up in heaven, I could see people from every nation, every language, every tribe. Okay? In other words, I saw the differences. And they maintained their differences because their differences were still different when I saw them in heaven. He repeats it again in chapter 7. So, let's get this straight. Whatever you are now, you always will be. Okay? So if you're black now, you're going to always be black. Okay? In heaven, you're going to be black. Okay? You are what you are. And you will forever be that. If you're white now, you will forever be white. If you're Hispanic, I mean, from Hispanic, that's what you're going to be. Because he says in heaven... I saw people from every language, every nation, every tribe. I saw the variety because God always intended it to be that way. So it's even going to be that way in heaven and for eternity. God wants there to be differences. He wants, doesn't want everybody the same. What he wants you to be, though, is a priest. That is, regardless of your background, regardless of your history, regardless of your heritage, and regardless of your race, I want that all to operate under my kingdom. So that you must bring in line what you are to who I am. Is it okay to be different? Yeah, as long as it don't mess with your faith. As long as it does not mess with the fact that you're a priest of another kingdom. You belong to another kingdom. That means you're under the rule of another king. And Dr. Evans will have more on that when he returns in just a moment. But first, I'd like to tell you about two resources that make a great follow-up for today's topic. The first is Tony's newly released book, A Survey of the Black Church in America. In it, Dr. Evans takes a look at the rise of black evangelicalism and the modern movements of Black Lives Matter, critical race theory, and the 1619 Project. And the second is the audio collection that includes all six full-length messages from Dr. Evans' current series, Faith, Hope, Unity, a tribute to Black History Month. These timely resources will help foster unity and understanding in a culture where division and confusion is so prevalent. For a limited time, you can receive this package as our gift. And thanks for your financial support of Dr. Evans' ministry. Details are waiting for you online at TonyEvans.org. Or let one of our team members help when you phone 1-800-800-3222. Again, that's 1-800-800-3222. I'll have that contact information for you again after the second part of today's message 
and this. Does your heart belong to the sea? Dr. Tony Evans is inviting you on an unforgettable Mexican Riviera cruise, setting sail from November 9th through the 16th. Join Dr. Evans for impactful sermons against the breathtaking backdrop of the Mexican Riviera. You'll see cities like Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan, and Puerto Vallarta along the coast of Mexico. Visit TonyEvans.org to book your spot today. Renew your spirits and your faith. Enjoy and explore. Peter was a super Jew. But one day he got this revelation from heaven that don't call unclean what I call clean. In other words, you judge based on me, not based on how you were raised. God then sent Peter to a Gentile house, Cornelius. And he is now fraternizing with the Gentile and discovers how good they can cook. He had never had pork chops before. He had never had ham hocks before. He certainly hadn't had chitlins before. He, but he discovers these Gentiles know how to eat. And in Galatians 2, he is eating with the Gentiles, the Bible says. It says some of his boys from the hood showed up. All right? Some of the Jews showed up and saw their leader eating with the Gentiles. And it says, and they got upset, Galatians 2 says. It says, Peter, being intimidated by the circumcision, that is, intimidated because of what his race thought, what the Jews thought, the circumcision of the Jews. It says, Peter got up from the table with the Gentiles. Recorded in Galatians 2, verse 11 through the end of the chapter. It says, Peter pushed his chair back and got up because he didn't want to offend his race. Then it goes on to say, the rest of the Jews who were with Peter, because they were, they were getting into that pork too. The rest of the Jews who were with Peter got up too. Why? Because the mist in the pulpit is a fog in the pew. So that when the leader is not willing to lead right, the followers can't follow right. So the rest of the Jews got up too. But then it goes one step further in Galatians 2. It says, even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. He was the encourager. Barnabas was born in Cyprus. Cyprus is a Gentile colony. So he was raised with Gentiles, grew up with Gentiles, went to school with Gentiles, played ball with Gentiles. But that's how bad racism is. It'll make a good man bad. It says Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. So can you imagine how the Gentiles felt? Sitting down at we good enough to eat with you till your people show up. But now that your people show up and they don't like dealing with us, you now don't want to associate with them because you don't want to offend your people. Bible says Paul came in and saw what was happening. He said, Peter, you acting a fool and you leading these folk astray. But guess what his argument was? His argument wasn't social. His argument was, Peter, you are not acting in concert with the truth of the gospel. 
You are embarrassing the name of God. You are embarrassing the word of God. You are embarrassing the truth of God. And you're supposed to be the leader of the people of God. And that's when he says, don't you know, Peter, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, Peter, you don't identify yourself anymore first by your background. He closes this dream of the future, which we're supposed to mirror now in verse 10 when he says, and they will reign upon the earth. A woman takes a man's name because of the future. He didn't lie and made all these promises to her and, and she believed it and she thinks she's got this great future. You take a name because of the anticipation of tomorrow. It involves the future. That's why it involves following me and me leading you because it involves we going somewhere if you take my name. So naming meant to have dominion over something and to take it somewhere. So he named all the animals and he even named Eve in order to exercise authority over it. He says, and we will reign with him. In other words, when you are connected properly to Christ, you get to have dominion over the things that God gives you the right to name. And that's authority. Dominion, reigning, ruling. Being in charge of that's authority. When you have this biblical worldview that I'm a ruler, I'm a king with a small k. I'm not the king, there's only one the king, but I am a king with a small k because I get to name things. You know, you get to name your children because you're in authority over them, but why are you naming them to get them ready for the future? See, you get to name things and, and woe is the person, the Christian in general, and most certainly the male Christian who spends his life never reigning over anything. Never ruling. Every Christian in general and every male Christian in particular has been called to rule. To speak a name over something. And to declare its future. It says that we will reign with him. We will reign with him what in the future? Over the whole earth. Because the Bible says that we will be given assignments and we will rule the earth with him. The earth will come under our management. The Bible says even angels will be judged by us. That's rulership. See, if you, if you don't understand, you, you got a small K in front of your name because you get to rule. Then you don't act like a king. You don't act like a king because you don't think like a king. And every Christian has been brought into this dream of ruling with Christ. Of partnering with him and being alongside of him in God's philosophy of history. We all have homes. And in our homes we have what you might call house rules. The rules that govern how we operate. Now, a conflict automatically erupts when there is rebellion against house rules. Right? This is particular with parents and children. You automatically enter a conflict when somebody living in your house disregards the rules 
of your house. Because it's your house. If you drink and you're coming to my house, then you need to leave Jack Daniels in its bag outside. Okay, because in my house, you know, we don't drink. If you smoke, there are no ashtrays in my house. Okay? Well, I would ask you, would you mind going outside? This house rules. Okay? But there is an automatic problem. If you want your rules to work in my house, because this ain't your house. Go to your house and abide by your house rules where you live. But don't impose your rules in my house. You say, but I don't like the way the furniture is arranged. Hey, you didn't buy it? So you cannot like it, but you have no say so about it because it's my house. And there is automatic conflict when you want to operate your way in my house. We're going to be at odds with one another. There are parents and children right now who are at World War III because they want to change the rules. This is God's house. And he only functions by his rules. So when you bring your rules into his house, you got a conflict. So one of our problems today is many of us are living in conflict with God. As individuals, we're living in conflict with God. As families, we're living in conflict with God. Many churches are living in conflict with God. And most certainly the society is living in conflict with God. So we're constantly at war. But like, as I always say, like a rebellious teenager, when we need something, we still want to go to daddy. Now, we're in conflict, but I need some tennis shoes. We're in conflict, but I need some new clothes. We're in conflict, but I need some gas in my car. We're in conflict, but I need the keys. How do you expect me to be happy about giving you all you ask for when you don't respect house rules? Jesus Christ is simply saying, I'm sovereign. There is a dream out there. And you're going to get the right to sing a new song. The ultimate song in the future where you get some practice sessions today. And they're songs of victory. So in spite of how bad the world is, and the, the world has, is you know, going to hell in a handbasket, you're not a loser. You are more than a conqueror. Even on your bad days, because God has a dream of a glorious future for you, especially if you recognize house rules. It's his kingdom. He's the king. And you are there to service him. Just bow your head right now. And perhaps you need to want to reaffirm your commitment to the king and to follow him so that you can sing a new song, so that he can bring back into you joy, a sense of victory, even though you don't have it yet. But he'll let you see it. Your eyes will see the coming of the Lord, and it will be based on his house rules. Dr. Tony Evans. 
with some encouragement on embracing God's dream for you and your part in His kingdom. Now, if you'd like to get the full-length version of today's message, it's available on CD or downloadable MP3s as a part of Tony's current series called Faith, Hope, Unity. Along with the audio messages, we're bundling a copy of Tony's informative new book, A Survey of the Black Church in America. This special package is available for a limited time as our gift when you make a donation to help support the work of The Urban Alternative. Get the details and make your request online at TonyEvans.org. Or let one of our team members help you when you call us day or night at 1-800-800-3222. Once again, that's TonyEvans.org or by phone 1-800-800-3222. When it comes to racism, Dr. Evans says one of the biggest mistakes is that we pay more attention to the things that divide us than we do to the God who unites us. Tomorrow, he'll give us some practical steps we can take to reverse the racial curse in our country. I hope you'll join us. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 